0: hello everyone welcome to the live stream today we're talking about having an encounter with god it's going to be awesome we're glad that you're joining us let us know in the chat if you're joining live where you're watching from we would love to see that you want to jump right in yeah yeah
1: so if you're joining with us tell where you're tell us where you're from we're excited you're with us here on a saturday night in south louisiana right now where we're from it's raining uh, but it's good.
0: Rainy Saturday. <laughs> yeah, rainy Saturday. Slow
1: Saturday. It's been nice, man, especially after the fast and uh, just everything that God's been doing for that. So I think us talking today about encountering God is really the perfect opportunity to segue from our time of fasting and prayer to what is ahead for the new year. You know, really, I, I hope and I believe that you guys for listening through our podcast and what other people were sharing out there is that you had a faith and an expectation that God was speaking to you to have a, a fresh encounter this year, of 2024, that would set you apart for the rest of your life. So we want to talk a little bit about that today. We want to talk about what the Bible has to say about that in the Old Testament and the New. We want to kind of bring you through the journey of what you see all God's done through the major men of God. How that looks in our personal lives, our own testimonies of when God has shown up in a significant way. And we're also going to share a little bit of a teaching on how you can encounter that as well in your own life we're going to give you a time of prayer to where we're going to pray over you where we believe in faith that God is going to speak to you and you're going to have a radical encounter with him that will transform the rest of your life because we all know that it only takes one encounter with your God, with God that your life will never be the same. Amen. Once you cl- once you grasp him once, one time of his glory, your life will never be the same. So really maybe this is not talked about too much in the church realm but this topic is is pivotal. It is monumental to your relationship with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit. This is the turning point of your life because when you have that encounter with the Lord, I promise you that nothing nothing will remain the same. So Today, we're going to talk about that.
0: Hey, Tommy, we see you joining live. Uh, we're definitely going to pray for you. This broadcast is going to bless you. So I encourage you, Tommy, to keep watching, keep listening. And we believe that God is going to touch your life in a powerful way.
1: Yeah, amen. So if you're with us again, comment where you're from. Comment if you have any prayer requests. You know, even if you have any miracles or any breakthrough from the fast, as we fast as well, we want to hear just what God's doing in your life. So let's hop right into it. So first off, I want to talk about, What is one of the most standout stories or what is one of those stories that you can think of in the Old Testament that has marked a man? And I believe that if you go anywhere in the world today, whether the Muslim, Christian, whether you're Jehovah's Witness, whatever it is, you will know that that person knows about the story of Moses. Everybody knows about the story of Moses. There was the Disney movie about Moses. Moses' story has transcended what time has allowed, right? So what I'm trying to say is, is that the story of Moses is almost like bigger than life. Well, we can look at Moses' life and we can see where that pivotal change actually happened. But before we get there, let's see what happens in Moses' life. So obviously we know the full story, Right. Moses born pharaoh was trying to kill all the boys his parents saved him eventually they put him inside the river pharaoh's uh, Daughter picked him up now. He is being raised by pharaoh's daughter, right? And now right. pharaoh's daughter now he is in line to be in the line of becoming the pharaoh, right as steps on a stepson of pharaoh Maybe there's a, a strong possibility that that wouldn't have happened, but that was a slight possibility So this is what hebrews eleven twenty four. says Third twenty six says it says it was by faith that when Moses when he grew up refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin he thought it was better to suffer for the sight for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt for he was looking ahead to his greater reward so there's a re- a reason I bring that up okay. And the reason why I wanna bring that up is, is that he was forsaking the things of this world. The pleasures of this world had no hold on his life. He saw where all of his, his Hebrew brothers and sisters were being oppressed and he counted it all as lost and, and put Christ first, put the idea of Yahweh first and put all those things aside because he knew that there was a deeper calling in his life. So why do I say that to you right now? I believe that as you're listening to this podcast, that you believe that God has put something bigger in your life. There's a bigger purpose on your life. There is something that that transcends even where you're at right now. That's a bigger picture that God has spoken over you. And and there's got to be a price to pay. We have got to forsake our old lifestyle. When God set the Israelites free, they can't look back to Egypt. Egypt... The land of slavery. But what do you see happen is that the Israelites look back because they had food there. But that's not you. You're not looking back at the past. You're looking at what the great picture of what God has for your life. Mm-hmm. But but maybe you haven't, haven't seen that yet. So God, uh, or I'm sorry, Moses goes through a time in Midian for 40 years. And through that process, you see that Moses he becomes humbled where he was once in the line of Pharaoh. Now he's a shepherd boy. And this is what the Bible says about being humble. The Bible says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So now, now we get to the picture, right? So this is what this is where I'm all painting the picture towards is that Moses is now humbled himself before the Lord. It took him 40 years, but it's not going to take you 40 years. Humble himself <laughs> before the Lord. <laughs> He humbled himself before the Lord. And let's pick up in Exodus 3 and let's see what happens. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see the great sight. Why does this bush not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside and look, God called him to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. So my friends, this is what this is. This is an encounter with God that Moses had. He is encountering God. You see a picture of this burning bush, but the bush is not being burned alive. But what you really see is that Moses is the one being consumed by this bush. Even though the bush wasn't being burnt up, Moses was so fixated on the burning bush that wouldn't be consumed. Why is that? Because it's the Shekinah glory of God. It is God's manifest presence in that bush that is causing it to burn. And it's attracting Moses to it, right? He has he put aside his prideful ways. He's fully committed to the plans of the Lord. He sees this bush and that bush draws him in and this encounter this encounter in the beginning of the book of exodus has dramatically not only changed his life but it changed all of the israelis life of that time and god used moses to set the israelites free to make god's plan be accomplished okay right. god had an encounter for moses in the burning bush that dramatically transformed the rest of his life now, you might be sitting there saying, well, that's great, but that's not for me today. That, that story happened a long, long time ago, Justin. You don't know where I'm at in life. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I'm from. You don't know the, 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 the increase of possibilities that this is not a possibility in my life. But my friends, God is not a respecter, of man. What he did for Moses, he can do for you. The same encounters that he had for somebody else, he can do for you, right? I'm not getting fixated on the fact that God spoke to him through a burning bush. But what I am fixated on is that God spoke to Moses. There was a divine encounter that transformed the rest of his life. And that is available to you. And how do we picture that? How do we understand that fully? How, how do we know that that's for us today? And the Bible, I believe, makes it simple. So let's read in Luke 3 what it says. In Luke 3, it says that John answers, saying to them, I indeed baptize you with water, but there is one who is mightier than I that is coming who baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire. So Jesus ultimately came down, and when he left... He breathed the Holy Spirit into his disciples. He said, go and wait for the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2 happens, the Holy Ghost comes and falls on the disciples. The Holy Spirit went out who is on the inside of them because Jesus died and came back to life breathe the Holy Spirit into them. Now he says, go away wait for the promise. Now the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So what am I saying is, is that Jesus's ministry ultimately was to come down and to provide the Holy Spirit, the great comforter who comes not only to live on the inside of you, but he also comes upon you just as you saw happen to Moses. Moses was at a disadvantage from where you're at. Moses didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. He had the Holy Spirit coming upon him, right? So we see here that Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into us in John chapter 20, but he now comes to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's when you see what happens in Acts chapter 2. So Acts chapter 2, this is what it says. But Peter, standing up with eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who have dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It shall come to pass in the last days. My friends, this is the last days that you're living in right now. You are living in the last days. Jesus can return any minute. If you have any sense of a spiritual warning, uh, you can look around and notice that clearly something's up and you're living in the last days so it shall come to pass in the last days says god that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams we we are living in the last days God's spirit is being poured out now more than ever before. There is more people on the earth now than ever before. There are mega churches in Africa and and South Korea. Yeah. South Korea. I'm thinking North Korea. I was like, what? No, Singapore. (laughs) Yeah. Singapore. Okay, so we're seeing it Africa, in the States, in the United States right now, God's Spirit is being poured out now like never before. And guess what? He's speaking now like never before because the Holy Spirit comes not only to live on the inside of us, but he also comes upon us. So this can also continually happen, right? So what you saw in that Acts 2 scenario is, is that Peter, who was once a coward, who couldn't stand up to a little girl is now standing in front of thousands of people proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and 3,000 people are saved. You're seeing God's spirit being poured out. Who Peter was just 24 hours before Acts 2 happened was a completely different person after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. After the Shekinah glory filled him up and the veil was torn in two, now the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of him, comes upon him. He has an encounter with God that transforms the future of his life. So much so to when, when Peter walks into a room, his shadow heals people. Why? Why is that? Not because he's special, but because of who God is, because of the encounters that he's had with God. So it's important for us to understand that we have to have that encounter with God. But it's not only a one-time thing. You can continually to experience it. So just because you've had a one-time encounter, right. you can continually have more and more from glory to glory, from grace to grace. In Acts chapter 4, you see the same disciples in a room praying for boldness. So this is what it says, Acts 4.31. It says, when they had prayed, the place where they were all assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all spoke the word of God with boldness. So my friends, if you had an encounter with God before, there's a different dimension that he wants to bring you to. He wants to bring you from that glory to glory like I'm telling you about. He wants a new vision, a new encounter. He wants communion with you and he wants that communion to come to a a manifest moment to where you experience the fullness of God and that you have a similar burning bush experience to where when the glory of God walks into your room, that your life will never be the same. That when people look at you, they know that something different. That, 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 That vision that God's given you for 2024, you know without a shadow of a doubt, you're nowhere, that it's going to happen because God speaks it to you. And when God speaks it to you, I guarantee you it's going to happen because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God right now praying for you. So how can you fail? But it all starts with us having that encounter with God, that encounter with God that transforms our life, that gives us the boldness, that fills us with the Holy Spirit that we can press into and that encounter with God, it would separate you
0: Amen. from the rest of the world. Amen. That's awesome. That's so powerful. And I love the story of uh, Moses. Like, another thing I was thinking about with Moses is, um, you know, before he had his burning bush experience with God, he tried to do it in the flesh. You know, God had called him to be a deliverer for the Israelites from Egypt. And, you know, the Bible talks about how he killed an Egyptian. Um Amen. Uh, And so that was a picture of him doing it in the flesh, because sometimes you can receive a vision from God. You can receive an assignment from God. You may know that God has big plans for your life, but if you go about it in the flesh, you will surely fail. (laughs) But you have to first have an encounter with God and like Justin said for Moses it took a long time to humble him and to bring him to a place where he got hungry enough and humble enough to have that encounter but you don't have to wait no 40 years if you will simply realize Lord I can't do it in the flesh I need your fire I need you to touch me I need an encounter with you in order to do what you've called me to do you can get to that place that Moses had to get to. It took him a long time, but it doesn't have to take you a long time. It doesn't have to take you hitting rock bottom. You can get to that place today in and of yourself where you recognize, Lord, if you don't touch me, I can't do it. If you don't put your fire on the inside of me, I can't go. Without an encounter with God, you're not going to be able to do what he's called you to do. Because the Bible says in the book of Daniel, it says that those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. The only people that can do exploits for the kingdom of God is those who know their God. I'm not talking about knowing what the Bible says, because there are many people that can quote you a ton of scriptures. They're, you know, little theologians. You may know everything about Jesus. You may have read all about him, but have you met him for yourself? That's what we're talking about. And that's really what makes the difference. Because if you think about it in the natural, you could read all about, you know, uh, the president of the United States. United States. You could read every book, know everything he's ever done, know all the details about his life, his family line. But if you've never met him face to face, you still don't really know him. You know about him, but have you met him? And so that's what we're talking about here, having an encounter with God. And so Justin talked about Moses. And I want to talk about Paul. Moses is the guy who ushered in the old covenant, right, the law. Paul is the one that God used to bring about the new covenant, right, and to preach the gospel of grace. And so if you're watching us live, also, before I start talking about Paul, we want to hear from you guys. If you're watching, let us know in the chat where you're watching from, we would love to see that. Uh, And we believe that this broadcast is greatly going to bless you and it's going to stir you up to get hungry and thirsty for a fresh encounter with God. And so let's read about what happened to Paul uh, or Saul as his name was before his encounter. So this is Acts chapter 9. It says that as he was traveling along the road and so many of you probably know saul was persecuting the church he was totally uh against the christians of that day and it says that as he was traveling it happened that he was approaching damascus and suddenly suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him saul saul why are you persecuting me and he said who are you lord And he said, I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. So Paul in this moment met Jesus face to face, the very one that he was persecuting. And it says that, I want you to catch this. It says that he fell to the ground as a light from heaven flashed around him. And so like Justin said with the burning bush thing, not everyone's encounter with God is exactly the same. But having said that, You, uh, if you're not sure if you've had an encounter with God, then you have not had an encounter with God. Uh, Dr. Rodney Howard-Brown always says, if an elephant trods on you, you will know it. You're not going to wonder. An encounter with God is dramatic, I'm not saying that everybody has to have the same exact uh, manifestation or experience, but you can see that Paul, because of the glory that he was encountering, he fell to the ground. And this light, it even blinded him for three days. This was a dramatic encounter. This wasn't just like a you know a casual experience. This was something that marked his life. And so before I read you my next scripture, I'll just share with you my own, one of my own impersonal encounters with God. Um, One of many, but one of my first major encounters with God happened on August 25th, 2018. I was in my apartment and I was talking with my roommate about Jesus. And this, I'm going to throw this in for free. This is a little side note here. But if you talk about Jesus long enough, he will show up. Many times people want an encounter with God, but your atmosphere is so not conducive to the presence of God. If you start saturating your atmosphere in the presence of God, in worship, and in talking about the things of God, let me tell you, he might just show up. He may just show up in your house. That's why people many times have encounters with God at church, but you don't even have to be at church. You can have an encounter with God at your house. And so we were talking about Jesus and suddenly, just like it says here for Saul, suddenly, Suddenly, out of nowhere, I'm just standing there talking to my friend, Courtney, and suddenly the fire of God came on me and I fell to the ground and I was stuck to my kitchen floor next to the oven. I was stuck to the floor for two hours, literally sucked to the floor, having an encounter with the fire of God. And that encounter, I've mentioned it on my podcast before, but during that encounter is when, number one, the Lord called me into the ministry, and number two, the Lord told me that Justin was my husband. And so it was a very powerful encounter that literally changed the trajectory of my entire life. It changed the trajectory of my entire life. And I want to read you this scripture. This is uh, 2 Timothy 1.12. Second Timothy 1 this is Paul writing. He said, for this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Why was Paul underwent such persecution and suffering? But he said, I am not ashamed. He's like, I'm not going to shrink back in fear or pull back. Why? Because he said, for I know him whom I have believed. I know him whom I have believed. And that word know in the Greek, it's talking about a knowing by seeing. What was he saying? He's referring to his encounter on the road to Damascus. I know him. I've seen him for the self, for myself. The one that I believe, the one that I'm preaching about, this is not just a doctrine. This is not just a set of beliefs, but I know the one that I believe. I know the one that commissioned me. I know the one that sent me out. I know the one who called me. I know him for myself because I've seen him for myself. And because of that encounter, that encounter is what gave Paul the boldness to never be ashamed. to never shrink back in fear, but to continue to do what God called him to do. And you know, that's the same in my own life because of that encounter that I had, there is no one that's going to come and talk me out of my call into the ministry. There was no one that was going to come and talk me out of the fact that I was supposed to marry him. No matter like, like as much as you can analyze it, I knew god has spoken to me and when god speaks to you there is a surety that comes it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural and you know even especially on youtube like being a, a woman that's called into the ministry it literally i could have like so many people come and try to talk me out of that women should not be in the ministry i i literally couldn't care any less because jesus the head of the church has already commissioned me and you can apply that to your own life. When you have an encounter with God, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter the persecution. You're gonna say like Paul said, I'm not ashamed and I'm not gonna shrink back and nothing's gonna move me because I know him whom I've believed. I've had an encounter with him for, my, for myself and I've heard it from the lips of God. I don't need anyone else to, uh, to assure me. And that's why Paul also said after he had this encounter, with jesus on the road to damascus it actually goes on to say i believe it's in galatians he said i didn't consult any man he said i went into the city as jesus directed him he did not consult man when you have an encounter with god there's no need to consult anyone else and it puts a boldness on the inside of you and this is the last scripture i want to read to you here this is acts 20 in the king james because of his encounter this is what paul said he said After all the persecution, he said, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And so he said, none of these things move me. Why? Because of his encounter. And you said something in the beginning. You said something about having something bigger than yourself. Having a calling bigger than yourself, this is what happens when you have an encounter with God. Your life, he said, I don't even count my life dear to myself. When you encounter God, you encounter something bigger than your own natural life. You are encountering something supernatural and it makes you, uh, selfless you realize there's something bigger than me there's something bigger than just living my life for me and my family or to satisfy me temporarily here on this earth there's something bigger and every human heart yearns for that because the bible says that god has put eternity in the heart of man there's something on the inside of every single person that longs for an encounter with god I don't care what, then that's why people try to fill it with every other type of thing. Sexual immorality, drugs, alcohol, popularity, influence, uh, money, the, uh, pleasure, all kind of stuff. They try to fill it. But in the heart of every person is a longing for an encounter with the living God. And that, my friends, is the only thing that will satisfy you and truly change, you, change your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what she's talking about, I was talking about Moses in the beginning and how Moses had a picture of something bigger in his life. Right. And what the world offered him was greater than any other person had in that time. Being in the, the court of Pharaoh, being raised there, but counting it all as loss. So I can really think of my own life as well. You know, my, my testimony of, uh, you know, give my life to Jesus, you know, from the outward external appearance, it may have looked like I had things together, but still on the inside, I believe that there was something greater in my life that, I, that There had to be something more, right? And then I encountered Jesus. And as I encountered Jesus, that hole, that hole that was so big was now completely satiated. I was full and I was full of something new. See the things that I was uh, pleasuring myself in two or three days before no longer did it for me, but now I, I serve the God of the universe. And that one encounter Rather. Up all those things for me, and I remember when I first got saved, I, I would kind of use the concept uh, I call it the Ferrari concept. It's that you know everybody thinks they want a Ferrari until they get a Ferrari. Everybody thinks they want the new boat until they get the new boat. Everybody thinks they want the bigger house until you get the new house because they realize once you get that new thing that the whole world is trying to achieve, they don't realize until they get it that it doesn't mean anything to them because that Ferrari is going to sit in the garage. That boat's going to eventually sit in the garage. That new house is eventually going to be a pain in the butt to start cleaning. My point is, is that those things are fun and they're good and I'm not hating on them. That They just do not fulfill your heart. Like the love of God can do. They do not fulfill your heart like one encounter with God. That one encounter with God completely transformed my life. It nothing was the same. I quit my job, I pursued ministry, I, I joined a church and I was doing an internship for free at 24 years old for three years. And I'm telling you, I don't regret that. And you know what, even in the internship, maybe things didn't go completely my way, but I was serving God, not man, because my eyes were fixated on him. So no matter what happened during that, it wasn't about man. It was really about God and me serving him. So I had no expectation on the church for anything. My expectation was on God and God alone. How is that possible? How can you work for free somewhere for three years and have no expectation of anything? Why? Because I had a greater fulfillment in the things of God than I did from any type of financial compensation or any type of, reward or recognition none of that matters it all is counted as loss it's the pearl of great price you sell everything and you go and you buy that field that you bury the treasure in that god jesus is that treasure the holy spirit that the triune god god the father when you have an encounter with him your life changes forever. It screws you up almost. You can't run from it anymore. You can try. You could try to go back to the world, but it doesn't do anything right. for you. You, As long as you go back into the world, you just come running back harder than before. The prodigal son, you come running back. And forget, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to preach on a, a preaching tangent. But my, my point is, is that you it's cannot true. run from the love of God. Right the cars, the money, all that's great. I'm not hating on it, right? I drive a nice car. I'm not hating on it. I have a great job. I, you know, I go to a good gym. I'm not hating on any of that. My point is, is that God, the love of God is so much greater than all that. And when you encounter it one time, nothing else in this world has the pleasures that only the Lord has. So I've been saved for almost six years now, come up in March. Okay. So I had that, that first encounter, which I just share with you about, right? And I told the Ferrari concept, whatever, right? Well, guess what? I'm still hungry now. It's been six years. And I remember when I first got saved, a, a lot of people that were much older than Christians were criticizing me saying, oh, well, that's great. But what happens when that fire runs out? You know, oh, I used to be just like you, but eventually it stops. It's like, how, how do you keep doing? You know, and I used to be so perplexed by that. Because at that stage of my life, I was on fire. I've encountered God. This is the only thing that consumed me. And these people's career Christians are just confusing me. Like, what do you mean? How do you not experience this every day, right? So anyways, six years later, now I'm back at that place of hunger, right? So the first days of January 2024, what we just went through was a time of prayer and fasting. Okay. I wasn't prayer and fasting to look spiritual to everybody else. I didn't care what my coworkers thought of me. In reality, it makes it a little awkward. It it makes it a little tough because they're going out to eat. I want to go out to eat with them, you know. My my flesh kicks in and I want to watch videos on how to make the new pasta, right? So (laughs) the reality is I didn't do that to to look more spiritual, to um, try to earn God's favor. I, I didn't do that for any of that. Ultimately, I did that because I'm hungry for the things of God. Six years later, I'm putting my life back on the altar and I'm saying, God, we're making moves this year, me and Victoria, to put you first. And there is no way possible that I can do that unless you are at the center of my life. So, Lord, I'm going to submit these things to prayer in you. I'm going to push a plate aside, excuse me, I'll push apart the plate and put you first during these next 21 days. So in the beginning of that fast, just as I was talking about Moses earlier, I was believing that God had another encounter for me this year in 2024. This year, that would set me apart for the rest of my life. And I'm praying, and I'm believing, I'm like, God, I believe you're going to do it. Well, guess what? After a week, you know what? I'm not a beggar, so I'm not going to keep praying about it. I'm just believing that, God, you've answered that prayer. And I believe that as I sow this seed of fasting, that eventually that you will, will make it come to pass, right? Amen. So day 20 comes on the fast. I'm being completely honest with you. I didn't feel spiritual at all that day. <laughs> at this point, I'm ready to break the fast. Tomorrow's day 21. Yeah. You know, like, give me, give me the chicken parmesan and I'm all in, you know? <laughs> so I'm ready to break the fast at this point. And I go to church that night. We go to a prayer. Then I, the service starts. We go through worship. Nothing happens. Well, our pastor gets up there and I, I, he says something like to the effect of let's give thanks to God and let's just have another moment of saturation right. of seeking God. So I just started saying, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And you know, it, it almost it's like almost hilarious me saying it because I'm saying it in my flesh. But the reason why I'm saying it is because in my heart, I believe that it's done. I believe that it's done. I believe that it's done. So I'm confessing with my mouth. In a moment of time on day 20, I believe that everything I prayed for for the last 21 days was done, that God has answered them because God has been so faithful with my life for the last six years. My faith is now built up to the point at this moment in 20 days of fasting that I believe what I prayed for was done. So all all I'm doing is, it's almost comical, I believe in my heart, I know it's done, but now I'm just saying it. I'm saying thank you, God.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Thank you, God. Hallelujah. I sound like a religious nut saying it. You know, like I'm just saying it out loud. Everybody's probably looking at me around. I'm like, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And I'm telling you, I believed in my heart. I confessed with my mouth. God showed up. Yes. God showed up. Our pastor gets up there and he starts doing the tithe message. Well, guess what? I can't, I don't know a word he says at this point anymore because the Lord shows up. My hands are burning hot with fire. My head is just like. He's sliding out the pew. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm literally How'd having. How did you know you were on the floor at that point? I'm having such a big encounter with God that I don't want to interrupt the service. So I'm literally getting out of the pew to not. Distract everybody from the main point, which is what our pastor is sharing on, you know, like that's how wrecked I'm getting. So we go back into the service and the Lord is just coming on me. I'm saying, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to be ashamed of this. I believe that this is the divine encounter that you've had for me. So I'm going to embrace it fully. So through that whole entire 45 minute sermon, I am yelling like crazy. And I, I feel like I'm so on fire that whoever I touch can get impacted. So I grab Victoria and I grab it our, got on me. I grab my friend, Michael. It's
0: contagious. You know, yeah. that's why who you hang, you want to have an encounter with God, get around people who are hungry for encounters with God. Cause it's contagious, man. So
1: <laughs> I grab her and I grab my good friend, Michael, and they just start yelling at the top of their lungs too. And my, our pastor, pastor, he's just Bailey, preaching on Jesus. And victory. Revelation he, one. Just yeah, preaching. He's, his he's preaching about her. revelation and he's just keeping the course (laughs) but like i'm telling you and if you know me i'm not like this i'm a very calm cool collective like very calculated type of person but the lord showed up and my pastor who great man of god's preaching and i i literally for an hour and a half i'm screaming at the top of my lungs because god has shown up and god has spoken some very clear things to me during that time right the answers that I was looking for, in yes. a moment of time, right. he spoke it to me. I was like, "Oh Lord, what are you trying to speak to me?" Boom, download done. Answers. It was it. Yeah. It was it. I have no confusion anymore. Clarity's here. Yes. The Lord has spoken. When you encounter the shikana, excuse me, when you encounter the Chicago glory of God, your questions leave right. because the answers are there. Yes. When you experience the presence of God, you don't have room to keep asking, "Well, God, why, 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 why?" You just say, "Okay, Lord, I'm in. I'm done. Right. I'm ready." whatever you have for me i'm all in that's what happens when the fire of god grasps you and takes a hold of you jesus came to baptize with the holy ghost and fire what i encountered that night was the fire of god just like an Acts 2 just like an Acts 4 and i'm telling you my friends that is the difference maker in your life yes you are a peculiar person yes it looks weird from the outside yes but guess what you believe in jesus christ you are a peculiar person people already think that you're weird to begin with so this is your time to press in to what he has for you right This is the time. And when that encounter shows up, I'm telling you, you don't care if you look weird. You don't care if you look different. You don't care what everybody else thinks because it doesn't matter. You are having an encounter with Yahweh, with the Lord, with the God, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a moment of time in, in your life just radically transforms
0: yeah i love what you said too about answers the, because many times people are running around oh i want a word oh i want somebody to give me a prophetic word your which is fine prophetic words are awesome but understand that when you have an encounter with god all of your questions will be answered your answer is in the presence of god your answers are in the glory of god the provision that you need it's in the glory of god it's in the anointing so if you'll just seek jesus Every question will be answered. You know, even for me, when I had my encounter and I heard from the Lord that He was my husband, I was seeking Jesus first and foremost. But as you do that, the Lord gives you answers. Everything you need is in the anointing that's right. and in the presence of God. That's right. Answers for your life.
1: Yeah, that's so good. We don't have to look to the externals. You don't have to look on a YouTube on how to be a better person. You don't have to look on a YouTube how to stop watching those inappropriate things. You don't have to look on YouTube to stop drinking or stop smoking cigarettes. God has all the answers that he has for you, and your life changes in a moment of time, my friends. Your life changes in one instant. When God speaks a word to you, whatever it was that holds you back is now immediately broken off your life. Right. I can give a, a testimony that recently. I think two or three years ago, I get in the prayer line you know our pastor lays hands on me and he says these words he says uh don't be worried about their faces or don't be worried don't have fear of their faces Yeah, from
0: jeremiah from, one from
1: jeremiah one and the lord instantly broke that off of my life the fear of man that i had on my life was broken in a moment of time that's facts it, it was it was an anointing <laughs> that the lord has transferred to me and i didn't have to go looking for that the pastor didn't know i was going through that what was happening was is i had these these different ideas of what my boss would think of me and what people would think of me and x y and z and i'm telling you what i could have took of me seven years or 40 years like moses to learn god broke off of me yep. in an instant of time through a, a, a rhema word that changed my life and i still walk in that word today i don't y- care
0: yeah can i just say that is so true that is so true because let me tell you right now things that people battle for years on end i'm talking about christians things that people battle for years could literally be dealt with by one encounter with the fire of God. And let me tell you right now, he has so, he has zero fear of man. I mean, not saying that it was really bad before, but like he literally, a grace came on his life that night to never care again what anyone thinks about what he does when it comes to obeying the Lord or doing what God tells him to do. I mean, it was totally supernatural. And that's why when you press in for an encounter with God, understand that th- uh, this is the answer to all of your problems. You've been trying to get free from that thing. You've been trying to do do it on your own, do it in the flesh. It's time to get full of the fire of God and allow the fire of God to change you from the inside out.
1: Yeah. Uh, you got a scripture? Yeah, I'm just thinking a scripture that the anointing breaks the heavy yoke.
0: Oh, yeah, Isaiah well, 10.
1: Yeah, it's Isaiah 10. I believe it's Isaiah 10. 7. The anointing breaks the heavy yoke. Jesus says that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Jesus' load is light. What you're trying to take on yourself is heavy. You can't take it on yourself. When I first got saved, there's this picture of a a little girl holding on to a teddy bear, and Jesus' arms were wide open. See, she's trying to hold on to that little teddy bear where God's arms are wide open. which you're holding on to right now, my friends, Jesus' arms are wide open. And the Bible says that the anointing breaks the heavy yoke. So the anointing that's on the, the Bible, the anointing that's on this preaching right now that you're listening to, it breaks the heavy yoke. God has a ram of work for you, an right? instant word for you right now. It's going to break the heavy yoke of your life. I believe it this year. That encounter that you're going to start believing for, that we're about to pray for, in a minute, that's going to break the heavy yoke of your life. You'll never be the same. When you grab hold of the glory of God and he steps into the room, you cannot stay the same. It is not possible. Just like Peter, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was not the same person after Holy Spirit breathed into him. Go away for the promise of the Father. Pentecost happens. Holy Spirit comes upon him. Not the same person after that. Now he's the person that when his shadow touches somebody, that person's healed. It's not Peter. It's not because of Peter is special. It's because the grace of God is on him. The anointing is on him. He doesn't deserve it. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What am I, what am I trying to say? I'm we're giving God the glory. Even as you hear His talk right now, that's what you're hearing, that God be glorified. Our mission statement is, is that we want to know God and that we want to make him known because it's not about us. We want to know Jesus. And we want to make Jesus known. It's about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what your life's about. It's the communion that you have with him. It's no longer about building your own kingdom, getting your 401k stacked up. It's about encountering God from glory to glory, from grace to grace. It's about going from one encounter to the next. And eventually getting to that place where 2 Corinthians talked about having communion with the Holy Spirit. That's our goal. Me and Victoria have been talking about that. That that's our goal for this year is that we have a daily communion with the Holy Spirit, a daily communion with the triune God. We want that encounter to happen daily. We're not just, you know, to happen every year or two years, you know? So the point, the whole point of the story is, is that you have to encounter God. And when you encounter him, your life changes forever. Bill, I see you hopped on. Glad to see you. It looks like you're in Emerald, Texas. That's awesome. Mom, I see you there. Karen? MJ, we're glad you're here. Tommy, glad you're still with us. Awesome. And Alberto, praise God. Yeah, so now we want to talk about how do you receive this? How do you experience this encounter for yourself? Okay, that's great. We shared our testimonies. That's awesome. But it's not enough. We want you to experience this for yourself. Because like I've explained to you already, this is the game changer to your life. So this is what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7 talking about prayer. It says ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Okay? So what are we talking about here? Um, in the in the realm that we live in right now, we have a body, a soul and a spirit. So initially you are asking from your flesh. You are you are asking Lord. So What I want you to understand from this is is that what you're asking from God is that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he's going to give you what your faith is going to allow. This is what the Bible says in Matthew 7, 9 through 11. So it goes on what it says. Or what a man is there among you whom if his son asks for bread will give a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent. If you then being evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to you who ask him? So how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to you good things, right? So I want you—the reason why I'm bringing up the ask part is it's because I want you to ask for the encounter. It may start off in the flesh realm. Day one through seven of my fast, when I was asking for it, I could promise you I was in my flesh, right? <laughs> I want you to ask. Set your affections on the things of God ask him for an encounter just like Moses had, ask him for an encounter just like Peter had, ask him for an encounter just like Paul had. And as you do that, you you go to the next level. Now you start to seek. Seek is going to happen inside of your soul realm, right? That's going to go from, I'm just inside of my flesh to now my affections, now my heart, now my mind, my will and emotions are getting wrapped in to what this thing is, what is this encounter? God, can I experience you more? If I can, I'm getting my soul and my affections and everything. I'm reading my Bible every day. I'm seeking this out. Matthew 6:33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You got to seek. Right. It's not just enough to ask from the flesh. Now we have to seek into our soul realm. Get your whole body, your mind, your soul, your will and emotions wrapped up consume yourself with the word, consume yourself with worship. If it takes fasting, fast, pray, worship. You don't have to fast, by the way. You can get, you can encounter this just through worshiping, just through proclaiming the name of Jesus, just for saying, Jesus, you are good. Entering into the gate with praise and thanksgiving. Here's the last step. And I've talked about this in my last week's podcast, but you have to knock. And when you knock, you have to believe in your heart that it's done. This is the final step. When you knock on a door, guess what? You're about to enter in. You know it's here. It's upon you, right? So you are knocking and you are believing in your heart that it is done. God will give you the faith for that. He will give you the faith to believe that it's done. And as you knock, God will make it happen. That encounter will happen in your life. This is what Revelations 3.20 says. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. As you have asked and as you have seeked him, he is standing at the door and knocking. If you hear that voice, I want you, I want you to open the door. You'll know it. It's unmistakable when the anointing hits you. You will know it. The fire of God it makes itself known. When you feel it, press into it. Yield. Yield past your emotions. Yield past your mind. Your mind might be going a thousand different directions about work, the kids, your mortgage, whatever it may be, all the problems, but yield past that because this is the time to receive the encounter that the Lord has for you.
0: Amen.
1: But you want to add anything to that? And I'm Amen. going to pray after she adds whatever she wants to add. I'm going to pray for you guys that the encounter will happen this year, soon this week, we're this believing Lord. that this week that you will have testimonies that God's going to
0: show up. Amen. Yeah, I was just going to add, you know, when it comes to practically, how how can you have an encounter with God? You know, I've had many encounters with God over the past seven years. Um, and, you know, how do you step into that? It all goes back to hunger, which is connected with what Justin's talking about, the asking, the seeking, and the knocking. It's an expression of your hunger. And if you're not having an encounter with God, this is what uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown always says. People say, oh, well, but I am hungry, but it's still not happening. Well, if you're hungry and it's still not happening, then you actually need to get more hungry than you currently are. There are degrees of hunger, and really, spiritual hunger is a gift from God. As you do what Justin's saying, as you ask, as you seek, as you knock, as you begin to position yourself every single day, you're getting, you're you're yielding more and more, and you're allowing God to expand that hunger on the inside of you. Um, Because many people think that they're hungry, uh, you know, but are you hungry enough, like, we, you know, like we said, are you hungry enough to push away the plate? If that's what God leads you to do to fast, are you hungry enough to drive 10 hours to a revival meeting? Are you hungry enough to wake up before the sun is up and seek the Lord? Hey, (laughs) which we're trying to get better at in Jesus name. Um, you know, but you have to be hungry enough. And, you know, I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter five, the woman with the issue of blood you have to understand in those days, because of the, her issue of blood, she was unclean. So she could literally be stoned just by being in public. She was so hungry to touch Jesus that she was risking her own life. Her life was literally on the line. She was like, I would rather die than let Jesus pass me by. Then let my miracle pass me by and you have to understand that she also had to get past the fear of man which we kind of talked about justin getting totally set free from the fear of man if you are so worried about what it's gonna look like when god touches you then then god can't touch you this woman with the issue of blood she had to press through the crowd you have to press through what people are gonna think about you what it's gonna look like oh but what if i shake but what if i cry but what if i fall on the ground who cares? You have to die to the opinion of man. You have to die to all of that and say, "Lord, no matter what it looks like, no matter what you want to do in my life, no matter what it's going to cost me, I want you to touch me." You have to cultivate that hunger. And guess what? Sometimes it can take time. It may take time to cultivate that hunger. Uh and you know, something else me and Justin were talking about this afternoon, Many people wait until they're at rock bottom in life to get hungry for an encounter with God. And that's okay. And a lot of people, they wait until they're in a very low place in life that they they begin to get hungry and they cry out to God. Why? Because they're at the end of themselves because of natural circumstances. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, but you actually don't have to wait until you hit rock bottom. You don't have to wait until your life is literally falling apart in the natural for you to come to the end of yourself. And you know, that's my testimony. My life was not falling apart. Nothing bad was going on in my life, but by the grace of God, I was able to come to the end of myself by choosing to humble myself, by choosing to ask, to seek, and to knock, and say, Lord, I'm grateful for what you've done in my life. There's something wrong. There's something going wrong in my life, but I know that there is more. I know that there is more. Lord, make me hungry for a touch from you. You don't have to wait until your life is in shambles. Now, if it is in shambles, cry out to God and he's going to rescue you and pull you out of whatever situation you may find yourself in. But you don't have to wait to hit rock bottom to cry out for an encounter with God, because that's really, that's really what's going to change your life so that you can fulfill the call of God on your life. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm going to pray for you guys right now. I want you to take your hands. I want you to put it on your belly. And I want you to believe the words that I'm speaking over Thank you right you now. I believe that God has an encounter for you right now, tonight. Don't don't look at me. This is not about Justin Boudreaux. This is about Jesus. This is about the power of the presence of God. This is the Holy Spirit, okay? I want you to pray this prayer after me if you're ready to have an encounter with the Father.
0: Amen.
1: Say, Jesus. Jesus. In the name of the, in the, name of the Father. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, God. In the,
0: in the name of I'm Jesus. In the name
1: of Jesus. Will you show up today?
0: Will you show up today?
1: Show me who you are.
0: Show me who you are. I want
1: to see your glory.
0: I want to see your glory. Will
1: you make yourself known to me?
0: Will you make yourself known to me? In a new way. In a new way.
1: God, I want to see your full expression.
0: God, I want to see your full expression. I want to
1: feel your glory. I want to feel your glory. I want to have the encounter that Justin is talking about.
0: I want to have this encounter Justin's talking about. The
1: same encounter that Moses
0: had. The same encounter that Moses had. The same one that Peter had. The same one that Peter had. And the same
1: one that Paul had.
0: And the same one that Paul had.
1: Father, would you show up?
0: Father, would you show up? Show me yourself. Show me yourself. God, that I may never be the same. That I may never be the same. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I believe
1: that as I pray that with you, that God is showing up right now and the power of the Holy Spirit is hitting you as I speak. As you put your hands on your belly, I believe by faith that that act is going to transform your life. That even if you don't feel it right now, that you have planted a seed and that you are going to experience a life-transforming encounter with God this week. That you are going to be able to share with us testimonies about how God has moved in your life. And you can look back to this first week of February in 2024 and notice how God has transformed your life, that you will never be the same, that you walk in a new boldness, that the fire of God has hit you, that everything in your life has changed, that you weren't a downhill, but God has set you on a rock. I believe that as we speak it, that God is going to make that happen for you. If you have experienced anything, please put in the comments what God has done for you. If God has spoken it into you right now, please put that in the comments, but maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're listening to us and this all sounds good in theory, but you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't understand the fullness of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Well, I want to tell you right now that Jesus said that you must be born again you must be born again. You were born a fleshly birth, but now there has to be a rebirth of your spirit. What happened is, is that Adam and Eve sinned 6,000 years ago. And when they sinned, what happened is, is now that you are born into a sinful nature because of the consequence of what they did 6,000 years ago. So now we are as mankind deprived because we all have a sinful, broken nature, but Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he died and was raised from the dead three days later, and he broke the power of sickness, disease. He broke the power of death, of spiritual death off of our lives. And now what we have to do is we have to put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and that he can... Make us new. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead in three days, you will be saved. And the Bible says clearly that whoever calls the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no time like the present. Death is knocking at your door, whether that's tomorrow or whether that's in 80 years or 120 years. My friends, it is way too soon. Get your life right with Jesus today. Have that encounter that me and Victoria are talking about. And I can promise you that when you look back on this day a year later, your life will never be the same. So if you're ready to make that decision, I want you to pray this after me. Close your eyes. Say dear Jesus.
0: Dear Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart.
1: Forgive me of my sin. Forgive
0: me of my Wash sin. Wash
1: and cleanse me. Wash and cleanse Set me. me. Set me free. Set me
0: free.
1: Jesus, thank you that you died for thank me. Thank
0: you that you died for me. I believe
1: me. that you have risen from the dead. I believe
0: that you've risen from the dead. And are coming back for me. Are coming back for me.
1: Fill me with your holy spirit.
0: Fill me with your holy Give spirit.
1: Give me a passion for the lost.
0: Give me a passion for the lost. A
1: hunger for the things of God. A
0: hunger for the things of God. And a God.
1: boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus. And
0: a boldness to preach the gospel.
1: Say of Jesus. I am saved. I am saved. <laughs> I am saved i am saved i am saved man if you just prayed that we want you to type amen in the comments if you really meant business with god then you are going to realize that your heart has now been transformed and your emotions are probably kicking in right now because the spirit of god now lives on the inside of you if you prayed that prayer with us comment down below. Amen. Hit the subscribe button. We want to be a part of your faith journey that grows you closer to God. Not only that, we want you to find a good spirit-filled church, a a spirit-filled church that focuses on the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're in the New Orleans location, region, come reach out to us. We would love to get you plugged into our church
0: amen amen and so last but not least we would like to give you guys an opportunity if you would like to sow into this ministry uh we give you guys an opportunity to sow so that you can be a part of what god is doing and seeing the gospel advance in our generation you know uh we can see the signs of the times we know that we are approaching the end of this age uh we see everything that's going on in the middle east right we are Living in the final hour, and the Bible says that the harvest is the end of the age, and so we know that God has called us in this hour to reach the harvest of souls, and to see the gospel preached, and to see the church arise and shine with the glory of God, and so if you want to be a part together with us, we would love for you to sow into this ministry. I will put I put the link in the description of this video where you can go, and you can partner with us financially, and the Bible says that those who sow generously, they will reap generously. Now is the time to get your finances connected to the kingdom of God. And when you connect your finances with the kingdom of God, there is a perpetual harvest that will come back into your life. The Bible says that God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that is so great that you will not even have enough room to take it all in. That's going to be your portion this year in Jesus' name. And for whoever sows, I will go ahead and send you... A copy of my book which is called a glorious bride my book is basically about the role of the end time church and so i believe this will greatly bless you so anyone that sows today will go ahead and mail you a copy of my book just as a way to say thank you so much for standing with us yeah
1: yeah so i want to add one more thing to that so our needs are taken care of so what you're doing when you sow into this ministry which is a nonprofit ministry we have all the legal paperwork filled out to where you get your tax whatever Hmm. Now, what you're doing when you're sowing this ministry, this is what the Bible says. It says, one of you puts a flight of a thousand, says, Lord, your God, I'm sorry, that's not the right verse, but It says one puts a thousand to flight, but two puts ten thousand to flight. So you are partnering with us, and your seed financially is helping put into ten thousand to flight. You are partnering with us to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands upon thousands of people. We believe that last year was just a foreshadow of what's to come this year. So that is what you're sowing into. And it's all about souls, souls, souls. You are partnering into being a part of reaching people right so that is what you're parting to so yeah if you want to part with us see the link below on our ministry website you can see the full link there and how you can give we love you guys we love it all yeah hope you guys have, have an awesome this week. week and we'll